This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. And uh, I don't want to take credit for anything here. But I'm pretty sure we, the Nextlander crew, have ushered in even more video games. We um, we talked to some folks and we said, hey, we do a podcast every week. We talk about video games. Uh, it would be cool if some of those released. And they were like, sure, can do. We're just kind of sitting on a few here. So Alex and Brad, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't want to toot our own horn here, but congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah, called my trombone guy and uh, he hooked us up. <laughs> yeah, good, very good. I've, I've very worked good. very hard on conjuring the, the existence of this, this sequel to a video game I liked. Nice. Um, we've, uh, yeah, stuff just dropped. It was weird, which uh, is a fun week. We're going to get to them a little bit later. We've got Return to Monkey Island. We've got Metal Hellsinger. We've got Trombone Champ and Hyper Demon, Hyper Demon. which seem to just spawn out of the ether mm-hmm. somehow. The, the, uh, the spiritual devil daggers, too. Yes, which, uh, man, the, the trailer for that thing the is something else. Spiritual trombone <laughs> daggers, too. I, I don't know, man. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. Tired. You got it. Yeah, you'll, you'll get there. 
Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, Jack Move, a game I tried out, which has just come to consoles. And um, I don't know, you may have heard of this other one, Elden Ring. But we'll get to that mm. uh, in just a second here. First, I want a, a little listener warning here before, before we get started. Now, sometimes we do spoilers and you guys know all about that stuff. Uh, I want to put a disclaimer here. There's apparently a very loud cricket in this basement Mm -hmm. and i have chased this cricket for most of the morning i've not been able to find the cricket so if you hear some weird sound that sounds like screeching in the background of my audio know that that damn cricket Mm. who is amazingly loud Uh uh-huh i don't know if you guys know how loud a cricket can be i have a vague notion okay uh it's the cricket I'm I'm ready to get it. I've got like my little bug. Okay, so this isn't one of those cute cartoon it, but... singing crickets. This is one of those no. screeching "fuck you" crickets. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Whoa. I'm ready to get this cricket. The what hell the hell is, hell is that? that? Oh, that's the I've weirdest a grabber dev- I've ever. Is that? I've got a device that you can't see because it's an audio podcast, but it looks very fetishy. It looks a little oh, sexual. Yeah. But uh, like a tickler or something. Those like little but, brush. Yeah, fibers nylon, like flexible nylon fiber brushes. Yeah. I have definitely yeah. had one of those grip my balls at some point in my life. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, they can also be used to get bugs like off a ceiling. Um, uh, tickle your balls. Ideally wash a- them before. Uh, what If you mm-hmm. grab a bug off the ceiling, I ideally wash them before you put them on your balls. Before and after. Yeah. Uh, it would be yeah, Be courteous to the bug. They're yeah. to get, do extra. I bought it for uh, my wife, who is kind of the official bug catcher of the house. Uh, and she, you know, getting stuff. Getting stuff off the walls and ceilings would usually require a shoe or a a, a dish towel, and I would say there's got to be a better way than smushing this bug, and mm-hmm. I tried to find something, and I did, and I think she has tried it once, because that's how gadgets work. Right. It's not next to you when you see the giant bug. You forget you I have s- it. I saw the cricket, and then I went to go get the bug thing, and now the cricket is gone again. Wait, hang on. So no idea if the thing is actually um, non-lethal? I'm pretty. I mean, I caught a bug with it, and I catch, caught and released it back out there. I mean, they're. I've they're also pr- started releasing bugs out the door as opposed yeah. to just smushing them. It kind of feels nice. It's like it's a, a bold move. Knife. Yeah, yeah. You've you got don't a know that way bug to could go, be the Brad. next bug Hitler. <laughs> you don't true. know if it's you're true. releasing them into the world. Yes, yes. If you could go back in time, would you kill Cricket Hitler? I would. would. You squish Cricket Hitler instantly. Uh, but hey, maybe that bug will go on and be like, "Don't go in that house. Let's go in some other house. That that house is." Let's go bother some other neighbors. Yeah, I'm gonna go be a cricket in some other house. You know, I leave all these dang house centipedes alive so they could take care of things like crickets. That's we had a pact. We had a deal, man. Yeah, that's supposedly the covenant I have with the spiders here. Yeah, but then mm. the spiders come out, and that all goes out the window. Mm, and the spider as well as the spider. Yes, there yes. is a there is a non like seeing disclosure in there of like if I see you, the deal is null and void. Yeah, I can't know you're there. I unfortunately is this the way things that except for me usually it's a handheld vacuum, mm. which do you, definitely does the job. Do you then vacuum up something else into the vacuum, no. like a, like salt or something? No. To no, not okay. necessary. Then just crawl right out of there. No. Uh, is they it are, one of those Dyson one? Dyson yes. ones? Okay, they are He's done in the for. tornado. They are done <laughs> for. Okay, the second okay. they go through those inner workings, they are done. Ooh, okay, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, that's, that's frightening. I will like, say that the when when I had the ant problem years ago, they didn't seem to give shit. 
about being in the Vornado? If you vacuum those things up and look inside and they are just like setting up an ant colony in there. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. And in their case, I did vacuum up. God, what is it? What is the borax? Borax, yes. Uh-oh. Quite literally, like, <laughs> vacuumed up hundreds of ants. Mm. Then you vacuumed up a pile of borax. Mm. So they would actually die. I just had a. I just had to put the tarot back out. Same spot I put it in last time. The old tarot nightmare on the on the. the I thing. see. The tarot never held up its end of the bargain for me because it just made way more ants come out. <laughs> so many ants. But then they, it seemed like they never actually died. Uh they they go away for me in a little while. It's it's like a nightmare for about two days and then it it goes away. Wait a minute. Okay, tarot. Got tarot. it. You're not talking tarot. about tarot cards. You're talking no, about tarot. No, no. The the food stuff. Uh, tarot t-e-r-r-o yes yes the, uh, the the sweet poison yes yes the sweetest yes, the, of poisons the sugary sugary poison you are not dropping uh, a nine of swords card on those motherfuckers and saying oh you're gonna die yeah yeah oh death knight oh this this is bad for you this is bad i just put this oh, card it's- down and it's an ant in a blender that can't be good for you <laughs> upside down sugar cube mm, mm. that's bad you, mm, nobody wants to see that uh yeah bugs what are you gonna do I live in this basement. It is a haven for all. That's uh, we have a strong pack. Even the cricket is quiet right now. It gets it. I'm podcasting. It's We're resting. Just, just one more disclaimer before we get going here. If yeah. you happen to hear a cricket sound in the background of this podcast, it is not uh-huh. to be taken as self commentary on how interesting this podcast is. <laughs> That's right. When I say something like Elden Ring, and then there is a cricket sound, uh-huh. that is not that we're not being cute. It's, that said, uh, if there is a long silence followed by a. <coughs> That is, in fact, a commentary on how interesting what we're talking okay, about is. Good. I would hope that would be pretty funny to have a cricket on command, like an actual cricket trained to uh, uh, dump your way through a podcast. Folks, we're going to talk about video games, and then we are going to celebrate Brad's 14 hours of NVIDIA. Oh, of, of, we, Brad, uh, how long? We, 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. I've, I've been in five hours of NVIDIA sessions aye, this aye. morning. Well, thank you very much for uh, uh, gluing your eyes to somebody talk about flops and DLSS and I'm whatever here, else right, they dude, talk I've about. I've got all the hot info. You want to talk about shader execution reordering? You want to talk about displaced micro meshes? I've got it all. I do. Do I? Do I? Uh, uh, well, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's start with some video games. If we must. Return, return to Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. We're back, the baby. third Monkey Island game? I, mm, depends on who you ask. Uh, I don't, ret- if I, I ask Ron Gilbert, they, what do we say? Did they ever... So, well... Okay, we're talking way out of order here. Did you go through the entire scrapbook? At the I did go through thing? the entire scrapbook, yes. So does it cover the non-Ron Gilbert, the non-Gilbert games? Non-Gilbert? I don't know Monkey Island well enough to know that answer. Okay, well, so he only did the first two. The reason I ask is because, like, gosh, what was it? And We talked about this even. Like, there was a blog post, but I want to say it was from some years ago and that he maybe disavowed it, where he had said at one point, like, if I were to ever make another Monkey Island game, it would be directly mm-hmm. a follow-up to two of those other games that I didn't make never happened. Like, and I, I want to say he walked that stuff back. I thought he doubled down on or it. Or maybe he did. I, I'm not sure. That's why I uh, ask. I, I poked around in the scrapbook. I didn't go through the whole thing. I'm, I'm sure this is a Google away. And is Return to Monkey Island. Is Ron Gilbert still mad at other Monkey Islands? <laughs> and, and that scrapbook. The scrapbook is a neat idea. It's like it's flat out at the title screen is basically just like, hey, if you've never played a Monkey Island before, just go through this and you'll get the whole story yeah. up to now. But it doesn't. It doesn't label itself internally as this is the story of Monkey Island 1. This is the story of Monkey Island 2. 
Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting from a quick Google here that Return is the sequel to the first games. Is the kind of yeah. Okay. So I mean, basically, what you what you need to know if you're going into this and have not played any Mike Island games, the short of it is LeChuck is a ghost pirate and is bad. And guy guy brushed three wood guy, is guy married is married to Elaine. Did you know that That's, name? Did you know that name came from like the development tools? No, is it spawned randomly? Like I I for, I I'd have to go back and look, but like the the name Guybrush came from like some file format they were working with. Oh, like as, the brush for the guy? As, yes, as they were animating the character. Oh, I feel like I may have known that at some point in my life, but made room for something else. Yes, that's, uh, like, the, type of, that's the type of disposal, disposable information that is quickly mm-hmm. replaced, but you know. Yeah, like I had to put um, the, the cassettes, the Autobot cassette names in there, and I had to get rid of something. Yes. Uh, so Return to Monkey Island, it's available on uh, PC and the Switch, not on other consoles, at least as of now. Uh, 25 bucks. It is, um, it is, it, so the thing for me with this game was I was more curious about how they approach an adventure game than is like, is this going to be funny? Is it going to be a a good game? The mechanics of a modern adventure game are very interesting to me and and what they're going to do. Like what they keep and what they don't keep from, you know, kind of your memory of how those games are designed. Yeah. I, I think out of maybe. I, this is going to be a lot of personal bias, but out of all the genres, at point-and-click adventure games have maybe the most interesting progression because at their core, they kind of stay the same. You're going to find things in the environment. You're usually going to collect them in your inventory. You're going to use them later. How you go about that, whether there are verbs or wheels or icons or what have you, FMV, that all changes. And this is interesting. I played yeah. with a controller for the most part. Oh, really? I, yeah. I did mouse and keyboard. So I I have not kept up with modern adventure games. We've been playing a lot of classic ones around here mm-hmm. lately, but I have not. Look, I don't speak enough German to play new adventure games these days. <laughs> they're, so, they, so they are. Yeah. They're translated. They are good. Oh, I know. I'm I'm yeah. I'm being flip, but but I mean mm-hmm. the point is I don't know if like the interface in this game is pretty common to the genre these days or not, but like what I, but I've, what I saw in this seemed like a pretty smart way to modernize the trappings of like, they, they went with the single click style. So there's no icon bar or verbs. There's no, like mm-hmm. you have eight actions and you can use any of them on a thing. It is just, you can click on everything once. Well, actually twice. Cause they use left and right mouse button. Sometimes okay, occasionally forget or yeah. Occasionally, occasionally you get two actions you can do on a thing instead of one. Um, I like to think of that as the King's Quest Seven perversion. Mm, okay, uh, that was uh, <laughs> they took all of your icons away from you. Anyway, um, this has some really smart stuff in it. Like it annotates the actions that you're about to do. Like that is just like it seems like such a no brainer in retrospect. Once I saw it, and I was like, man, why didn't all the games do this back in the as day? you hover over? Yeah, like when you mouse over yeah. a hotspot, anything you can interact with, it flat out either shows you this is what you're going to do this thing, or this is what you're going to say about it. Generally. Yeah. And then again, and that if, text will be updated sometimes yeah. as well. Yes. You've and again, sometimes it'll be like left and right mouse button, do different things and you can pick, but it's just, just that little bit of context about what your available actions are. Feels like it makes so much difference in the way you interact with stuff. There was a, there was a thing in here. I was going to ask you, Brad, if you knew, I, they say the name of the engine in the credits. I think it's the dinky engine. <laughs> do you, do you, do you uh, know if that's an acronym for something like scum? Okay. Sounds- 
I, I'm pretty sure it said I, the dinky engine. I just typed that into Google and I'm just getting a bunch of train shit. So uh-huh. <laughs> don't look at me. Uh-huh, it very uh-huh. well could just be the engine that they created for this game. Yeah, but if they made it, you know that's got to uh, stand for something. Those goofballs Wait, over there. Hang on. Here's a thread from Hacker News one day ago. Okay. Uh, the rise of the Dinky it. Engine. The same engine that was used by Dolores, a Thimbleweed Park mini-adventure. Oh, okay. Okay, so we know it's going to be Dolores Interactive something. Oh, the Dinky Engine is open source. <gasps> it turns out. I just yeah. found a Ron Gilbert blog post where he links to the repo. We're going to need to make our dinky game. Let's, let's make our own dinky game. It's going to be very uh, dinky, to be fair. Uh, so uh, it works fine with the controller as well. The The hotspots are kind of navigable by, uh, I, I assume this works on the PC as well. When you are, or uh, sorry, with the mouse and keyboard, when you are near a bunch of stuff, do they generally light up? The circles light up in proximity? No. So okay. on PC, if you hold tab, it'll just highlight every clickable thing on the screen. Okay. I assume the console has something like that as well, but I didn't. Well, I didn't play on the console. I played with a controller. Oh, you're on, on PC. PC with, well, I, I but, would bet it's but the it same. But it maps. I bet it's the yeah, same interface. It's left and right bumpers yeah. will we'll highlight everything. Okay. I don't remember uh, it doing a proximity thing. Okay. This is when you walk by stuff, it'll kind of snap to things that are near you. Uh, cause you kind of move with direct control. Uh, Oh yeah. So that's different. You know, that's, you're just yeah. clicking to a spot to move. Yeah. So you move with direct control. You can actually hold down, I think the right trigger and you sprint like all get out. You have a very fast move on the, um, uh, the, uh, c- uh controller. Do you double click and move very quickly in the, oh, I didn't on the PC? That. Okay. I just, I, cause I, it, I'm so used to like, <laughs> spending 80% of my life waiting for adventure game characters to get where they're going. So that's kind of a, that was the thing I was curious about because modern adventure games either let you double click on the edge of a screen to just immediately fast travel to the edge of a screen or they have a very fast run to somewhere. And right. This has a, seems to have a run. Uh, the other thing that's kind of, you mentioned the hold down tab or show everything that's clickable is another modern adventure game thing that I really appreciate. So show all those interactions. I think the annotations are smart though. They sometimes will have pick up icons when you can't actually pick something up and you get some chatter about why you can't pick it up. And I feel like that's a, that should go away after you can't pick it up. Uh, I did. I played until the end of chapter one and a bit into chapter two. And there were things in my inventory that I never used. And that was really off putting. But the game also has a difficulty setting when you start out. There's a hard mode and I think a normal mode. And it says hard mode has hard mode has slightly more puzzles than the normal mode and i played mm. on hard mode so i don't know if some of those things could have been left over from a normal mode playthrough yeah the, the difficulty mode stuff was another thing i wanted to mention because it's really just a wording thing i think but the two modes are casual and hard and like casual straight up says you just want to enjoy the story this has simplified puzzles and i'm like well yeah. I'm, I'm a masochist i want to go for yeah. the regular puzzles but then to go straight to hard yeah. Because the idea of a hard mode adventure game is a fucking nightmare. Yes. It's like regular adventure games are hard enough as it is. I don't need like, yeah. I think if they just called it like, like regular casual and regular or something yeah. along those lines. I'm so, with you. Cause I, cause I really hesitated. Like I was like, wait, am I signing up for <laughs> an awful experience? If I pick hard or is right. hard just what would have been the only mode back in the day? I don't know. And it doesn't sound like hard is actually a nightmare. No no, 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 no. So far, the game has been very straightforward, if not a little, um, uh, you know, a woman who swallowed the fly ish. Uh, I 
feel like for a lot of part one, I was working oddly backwards in accumulating steps that I just never got the first step until the end, right? So it was like, oh gosh, to get this thing, I need to get this thing, to get this thing, I need to get this thing. But where is the alpha item? Where is where is the first item to set this whole row of dominoes off? And then I finally did find it in the foreground of one of the scenes, and I just had not checked it, even with the um, tab or, or, or hold everything. Uh, so it's been pretty straightforward, at least the, the town was. The game starts in a prologue, and then it goes into chapter one. It's kind of a retelling or a flashback uh, uh, setup. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think the voice acting is pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's it's the the humor in it so far is not. I'm not laughing out loud, but I'm also not cringing. It's like kind of right down the middle there. Is it any of I the mean, original voice actors or uh, I think three the guy British. rush the guy okay, rush yeah. actor definitely is. He's been tweeting a bunch about this. Um, um, also, the art style seems fine. I, yeah, people were I mean, weird about that like leading people, up to this. And I never really understood what the problem with it was, other than it's different. Like people kind of like ran Ron Gilbert off the internet a few months ago over hating the art style in this. But like, I mean, I don't, I don't like have the language to describe what the look is about this that I think people find off putting. But it, like, they definitely liken it to like a flash style of animation because I mean, it's not it's not like vectors. Like Vinny, maybe you can speak to this, but it's like. It's the type of animation where you have like kind of a, a still asset that you were sort yeah. of deforming, manipulating, yeah, like programmatically to animate it <laughs> as opposed to just doing sort of keyframe animation. And and some people seem to have like this knee jerk dislike of that style. That again, I'm pretty sure they like derive from too much time on Newgrounds. I mean, it is it can be an overused style, but I feel like the actual art makes up for that like i don't i know nothing in the animation i've seen looked that bad but like i think the actual like weird angular character art and stuff looks pretty good yeah the visual style and even the way it moves i think is fine also there's like a surprising number of like close-ups little like yeah. one-off one-off close-up a little ren and stimpy-ish sometimes too yeah, like sure. a, little, a little like uh what was sure. the what you, the scurvy dog like yes. with all the hair like and the flies to, on or, it you know you have to like originally they or initially they want you to search through the toilet for spare change to buy scurvy mm -hmm. dogs with and like there's a nice yeah. shot right down the toilet yeah it, the only thing it was missing was like the foghorn thing of like wah, wah, mm -hmm. like as the, the flies and stuff are coming out yeah, yeah I, I i like the art style i think uh they commentate on it at some point when you meet uh i think it's stan or somebody in there in the prison and he's like oh did you get an art upgrade and he's like oh thanks for noticing <laughs> yeah i think i think it's good it's yeah it's got that hinged at the el like a uh, paper doll yeah. style stuff yeah, sometimes. Sure. and and I, I don't mind it i think it works the inserts for when you're exchanging items those usually when there's a lot of close-ups of like hey take this eye patch thank you and it shows the item inserted uh it's interesting i think it works yeah i i like it so far but really it's it's about the voice acting and the writing for me i mean we've all played enough adventure games where you could barely even squint to see what's going on in the pixel mess it really yeah. comes down to the and the puzzles and so far, the puzzles have been uh, not too obtuse. They're like once in a while, there was something that's like, okay, this is adventure game logic, but not so bad so far. Uh, it's it's mostly mostly pretty sensical, and you know what you need to to get to the point where I was like, man, I need to know I, I know what I need to get. The other nice thing they do in this game is in your inventory when you go to use an item on another item it has a big uh what, what is the official name for the like the canceled sign the red with the slash through it um is there is there a name for that know. 
I'll call it the canceled sign. I mean, it's like a do not enter thing, like over everything you can't use it on. So you're not wasting your time clicking on a thing and having Guybrush be like, why would I put that in there? You know, like a million times. It just, you just don't do it. You just cannot do it, which saves you a lot of time on a busy screen. I don't, so can you skip dialogue though? I haven't been able to find a way. Really? I don't know. Or at least on the PC, I just hit B and there was actually a tutorial prompt on the, on, sorry, on the controller. I hit B. Um, there was a tutorial prompt when you talk to the, little girl about the anchor there's actual tu- a tutorial about skipping dialogue okay. she she goes on for a while but i wound up listening to all the anchor facts because they were very interesting uh so yeah so you can skip dialogue and it skips per segment which is good it doesn't skip the whole block which is what you want in your adventure gaming um yeah whole it's, thing pretty solid so seems, far it's good really nicely polished um, yeah, I don't know how it wraps up, or I don't know how like I don't know how well the story and the puzzles hold up. We didn't we did not get access to it prior to launch, so we haven't gotten super deep into it. But like early impressions, it seems like a really well made modernized adventure game, which yep is a real contrast to the other ed- classic adventure game throwback that came out this week that I really should have put in the news, which is Space Venture. Do you guys know anything about this at all? No, no. Space Venture is the game that the two guys from Andromeda, the creators of Space Quest, uh-huh. kickstarted a decade ago. Okay. Okay. In 2012. Yeah. Which, correct That's me a- if I'm wrong, was that the same year as Double Fine Adventure, or was that a year later, right? That was a oh, year gosh. later, at least. Double Fine Adventure, of course, becoming, or the project that became Broken Age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I, was one of the first video game, big video games on kickstarter so i'm gonna say the other thing must have come out a little later. yeah yeah i'm I definitely i'm not gonna say it was the first one on there but it was definitely the first one that like blew through its targets and like became yeah a, became a sensation in the news right it was a record holder for a bit i think yeah for like, a little bit so i just i mentioned that to set the stage here give you some context that <laughs> space venture has been around almost as long as broken age in terms of kickstarters okay. and they just shipped it since the last time we did a podcast Shipped huh. it as in released it to backers. Okay. They say they're working on a Steam release, which I'm very quote unquote excited about. It is broken. It is beyond, beyond oh. broken. Like it is uh, it is a historic a- mess. Like I'm not ragging on them at all. Like they put the game out. Like I'll give them that. Like they, I don't know the whole history. Like they ran out of money, obviously years and years ago. Right. I think there may have been some like personal like health or tragedy type stuff. I, again, I didn't follow up on the story too much mm-hmm. other than the little passing comments I've seen. Apparently some portion of their backer audience has not been <laughs> especially kind about how long it's taken, but go look at like, like if you know, like Frank, Frank Sifaldi and Chris Kohler have both like been tweeting their playthroughs on Twitter of this thing. It sounds like, and again, this is only released to backers so far, but it sounds like one of the most broken released video games in history like that's a bummer i mean like they put out a walkthrough with the game to backers apparently just straight up following the walkthrough you cannot complete the game like literally just doing exactly what they tell you to do in this walkthrough they provided with the game is not enough to get through i wonder if at some point they just were like we just gotta get this out it's not done basically yes i think they basically just said we have to just put something put out what we have and move on right like the save system does not work at all like oh, completely boy. broken for most people. Like, I'm, again, I'm not like trying to rag on it because like the developers are very upfront about the state of this thing. Mm-hmm. It's more just like this weird. I don't know how to describe this situation. Like nobody, nobody is dancing around what this thing is, you know, like all parties involved are being very upfront about it. 
I don't know how but, to feel about a broken game where the developer just says, hey, by the way, this game is broken. Like, that feels like it goes against every instinct I have as a critic where it's like, I feel like I have to tell you that if the developer's already telling you this game is broken, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, to be fair, they they offered like pretty high tiers on Kickstarter. So some people did sink quite a bit of money into this. Right. I'm not and I'm not saying that those people aren't justified in being upset about the state of it. It's just such yeah. a strange thing. But it seems like, you know, they 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 badly overscoped what they were trying to do. And they also like tried to build their own custom engine on top of Unity, which oh, apparently has, was a terrible mistake. Don't do et cetera, that. Et cetera. Yeah. Like, it's just some My, adventure games. I, I backed an adventure game on Kickstarter that still hasn't come out. And it's been probably about 10 years now. And they, they still do updates every once in a while. Adventure games seem like they would be an easy thing to, to get out there with some nice pixel art. And, yeah. But that's the thing. Uh, there's it, no such thing as an easy video there's game. There's no to make. such thing. Well, it doesn't yeah, exist. I, mean, I, th- I saw a number of backers of this game saying, like, I, if you had just made a VGA game from the <laughs> 90s, like, that's all I wanted here mm-hmm. instead of, like, trying to make a modern game like they did. But, well, even Broken Age uh, wound up, I think, I don't know the whole tale, but it seemed like it went out of scope. Even with the the six, super well, it wasn't originally supposed to be the multi multi part thing. It was supposed to be yeah. way smaller in scope yeah. than what they ended up making. So I I'm really happy so far um, with Return to Monkey Island. It seems like it is. I don't know how long it is, but it seems like it's keeping it in pocket or keeping it you know uh, doing what it sticking to its core, right? Sticking to yeah. what it uh, it knows it, what it's, it's good at. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it Again, is. It, it, it seems really well made, although I, I feel like in fairness to these other games we're talking about, you see the Devolver and Lucasfilm logos <laughs> right up front. So it's right, like, yeah. oh, right. Yes, there's actual money behind they this. They did get some investment. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the development process behind this at all. But it, in terms of what the game is doing, it's not trying to do anything novel. Uh, like I said, it's iterative on the adventure game formula in terms of mechanics. And I'd love to see that. It feels like a modern point-and-click adventure game, and that's great. Uh, I did. Do you know if this is coming to like an Xbox or PlayStation? I don't think they've announced anything, but I would be okay. shocked if it didn't. Seems like it's it's well suited to it. Plays fine on the controllers. A little. I think I would rather play with a mouse. It's a little finicky in terms of selecting the thing you want. You have to tab over like one or two many times, and going through the inventory is a little bit weird. But not really. It's it's small complaints there. The um. Like I said, the the so far the scenery, the set pieces, and everything look great. They're fun. They're, they feel tight and self contained, which a sprawling point and click adventure game can also be a little too much. Like we've just con, kind of gone through Gabriel Knight one and two a lot, and when you have too many locations you have to visit, that can also be a headache and burdensome. And I haven't yeah. gotten that from Monkey Island yet. Just enough. So that is return. It's a Monkey Island that is out now again on the Switch. I have no idea how the Switch plays. I assume it's okay. There are graphic options on the PC, and I put them all the way up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening when I do yes, that. I, I certainly also set rendering mode to highest and then saw, oh, you have to restart the game for this. I was like, what in the world are you changing I here? don't know, but I assume it runs fine on, on, the, uh, on the Switch. I have no idea. I did see they patched it on the PC to kind of... Um, accommodate or fix some small bugs that I didn't even know existed. So yeah, go catch it. 25 bucks. That is return to monkey Island. Let's take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk, uh, kind of quickly or not, maybe not so quickly about some other games. Uh, uh, metal hell singer, trombone champ, hyper demon, Jack move. And of course the Elden ring. We'll be back in just a moment. 
This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And a game that seemed to just come out of nowhere, out of some weird, distorted, chromatic void hyper demon. Almost, almost, not quite, felt bad for Monkey Island because they came out, I believe, at the exact same moment. <laughs> They're nine, very similar games. 9 a.m. Yeah, on Monday so. morning. Except Hyper Demon had not been promoted or even revealed or made anyone aware of its existence at all. So, so Hyper Hyper Demon is from the Devil Daggers yes, team slash developer. Yes, okay. this is basically Devil Daggers too. Okay, uh, to the point that like a lot of the enemies are basically the same, but the gameplay no. is very different. Devil Daggers, if you didn't play it, is a first person shooter that looks kind of like somewhere between like Quake One and a PlayStation game aesthetically. Mm -hmm. It is just a very basic arena shooter where you are. <laughs> firing ethereal daggers out of your hands at demon heads flying at you and you just survive as long as you can. Yeah, that tracks. It's very fast. It it's a very it's fast, very visceral. It's, it's a score game. It's a run-based score game, right? And mm -hmm. scoring in that game is basically just how long can you survive. Yeah. Scoring in Devil Daggers is basically your score is just your time. It's just like, oh, you made it 28 seconds. That's not bad. And again, like you said, it's kind of just an arena. It's not yeah. like you're going through levels like a Doom game Ooh, or something. No, like there's that. like just... no scenery to speak of. Um, so got, what is it, going... Devil Daggers got interestingly technical the last couple of years. <laughs> they started pushing out updates out of nowhere that added like better replay features. And I want to say you could get like a heat map of the arena to see like oh, where all the action was in your run. Oh, that's cool. You can like download okay. other people's replays and there's like all kinds of advanced like statistics tracking and stuff. And so then... Them popping up Monday morning and saying, by the way, we have a whole new game. Here it is. That's like, oh, okay. All these weird updates to Devil Daggers five years after it came out make more sense because you've been making a new one of these. All you've been time. doing some work. So um, what? what is, well, visually, Hyper Demon looks 
similar yet completely different. S- similar, than, except like it should have a warning on the front. I don't even mean that. It must have like, one, does it not? I don't remember seeing a flashing lights warning on that thing. But like, okay, I guess I guess presumably you could not accidentally buy that thing and fire it up without seeing what it looked like first. Ideally. It's a- it's like it's a dang nightmare dude, of a vision. I'm going to steal like, a, a line here from uh, Chris Person of uh, uh, Highlight Real Fame. Uh, it's like Quake on Salvia. It's <laughs> it's like it, extraordinarily psychedelic at times, yeah. but like, like in a nightmare way, like, not like in like that, a fun colors kind yeah, of way. It's, a, it's it is a lot more colorful than Devil. Like Devil Daggers is extremely brown and red, and this at least like when it gets really weird, there's a lot more like psychedelic gl- glowing shit going sure. on. Yeah. Um. I've only seen the trailers and and then I don't know if things ramp up. Do they ramp? Do they start more muted? Because in the trailers, it's almost broken. Yeah, it's it's very legible when you first spawn in, but shit gets wild. So the thing I need to say about this right off the bat is the scoring is kind of inverted in this game, Mm. which is to say that you start with something like 10 seconds on the clock and that immediately starts ticking down. Okay, and you only get more time by killing demons faster. So you okay. need to kill de- demons faster than your time is depleting to add more time to your score. Oh, it's like um, like a checkpoint, like racing game. Like you got to get to the, of, you, yes. you got to clear the room. Yeah, except before. nothing, nothing bad happens when you run out of time. Oh, you just go into the negative. So it's like, oh <laughs> shit, my score is negative thirty eight now. And if you if you die with a negative score, you don't even chart. Like they don't they don't even oh, put boy. you on the leaderboard. Oh, um, so even if you are at a massive deficit, theoretically, you could just start killing shit fast enough to get back up there. I see. But in, in my experience, once you're well into the red, you're kind of done anyway. Um, so it's like that. You're like, you're forced to be much more aggressive in this. If you want to actually make a score. Um, I haven't gotten my head around the stuff entirely yet, but on the steam page, they basically say you can get up to a 180 degree field of view in this game. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like it goes extreme fisheye. Like when shit gets, and again, I'm not sure if this is power ups or certain enemies spawning or if your time gets too low or what is causing it. But occasionally it gets so fucking fisheye that yes, quite literally you can see 180 degrees in front of you. I think that's what's in the trailer. It's because, a lot. Yeah, it is in, in the promo material. That's what it looks like. It, and it, Oh man, it's, it's like, a lot, but it will also go into slow-mo a bunch for different reasons that I also haven't quite unpacked yet. So that helps actually. Occasionally you will just get to slow down for three seconds or something. Um, the other thing which I found a little off putting initially is that you fire it up and there's straight up a like training option Okay. at the menu. And I'm like, I don't need, I don't want a version of devil daggers that you need to train for. (laughs) Like that game is so brutally simplistic that it's kind of its defining quality. Um, but you get in there and it's like nine challenges or something that basically teach you like, here are some advanced, like, oh, you can slide and then you can pop, you can jump out of a slide. So there you go. There's one of your nine. You see what I mean? Like, it's very, yeah. it's very straightforward. Uh, they added a rocket jump because of course they did. So do you get multiple weapons? No. Like okay, you get so the rocket jump is it's the same, your weapon. It's the same deal as the first game. If you hold the button down, you're just shooting a constant machine gun stream. And if you tap it, it's more of a shotgun blast. Okay. There are power-ups. I haven't seen a ton of them yet, so I don't know exactly how that's going to go. But yeah, like they put a rocket jump in there. You straight up, if you jump, if you look down and jump and shoot the shotgun blast, you straight up rocket jump. Excellent. Okay. And you can stomp out of that. So there's another one of the moves. So All like, right. the, it's still like, 
kind of an off-putting situation of like, I just want to play this game. I don't want to have to go through all these challenges and like learn the nuance of a game that I feel like doesn't, shouldn't have a lot of nuance, but like they're pretty minor. You can, uh, you can learn that stuff pretty quickly. Do you have health or is it one hit? No, kill? it's one hit. Same, oh, same as usual. There's all kinds of weird shit about like enemies phasing in and out of this ethereal state that you can't kill. I don't know why that's happening or what it means. Um, again, like it'll just go into slow motion randomly for some reason. I can't understand. It's a lot. I feel like that's the, that's the metagame, right? Is just finding out why anything is happening. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. It's, 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 it was, it was a lot to take in. Also, however, at the same time I posted this to Twitter, I hit number one on my friend's leaderboard in 20 minutes and then immediately <laughs> closed the game. <laughs> yep. You've that's peaked. good. You're done. And I was like, I, maybe I should just keep this at 20 minutes played. And never touch it again. I just, I don't know if I want to play it or not. It's oh, like, it is, it's, it's more. What, what too scary it? for how you? How much is it? Is it 15? 15 bucks. It's 15. Yeah. I think that's more. Yeah. Devil Daggers is like five. I want to say it's, I was, I like Devil Daggers. And I like the concept of Devil Daggers. I never got very good at it, but it's an, it's not my type of game. I, mm-hmm. I think the thing that is most appealing about this is checking out the visuals. I mean, it's got just the visuals look like like a corrupted Winamp visualizer. Yes. Like, yes, it's, it's uh, like you're, you're, you're trying to fight Winamp visualizers that have like gone to hell and back. They gave yes. Jeff Minter the bad drugs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah these, are, these are pretty good descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. Like that first game had a, an incredible vibe to it. You know, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of like creepy whispering in the background and you know, the sound design was amazing and this is definitely more of that. So it's worth checking out if you just want to like, see that stuff too, yeah i want i want to i want to be in the the ambiance yeah, of it but but i don't want to i'm not gonna be good at it i it took me several runs to figure out what even was going on with the scoring and then once i did i was like oh wow you really have to push yourself like you if you want to make a score that is worth a shit you have got to just be killing shit constantly like there's no there's no hanging back there's no like hiding stuff around like you just got to get in there it's so like not where in there it is it is it is a lot but it's hyper demon seems pretty awesome. I'm very into the a lot that it is. Yeah, I'm I'm into the game just dropping. Just yes, that's yes. Some stuff cool. out there. Could could other weird niche esoteric games that I love just happen to announce sequels and release them, please? Sure. Okay. Well, cool. maybe not a sequel, but you can get uh, Trombone Champ. Mm. Which uh, wow, I don't you know. pivoted you pivoted to that one and not Metal Hellsinger. That's well, we have, we've That's played a choice. Some, we've played some Metal Hellsinger. Yeah. You've played it. Trombone Champ feels like a thing that again dropped from a different dimension. Okay, so you're pivoting from a different point. I get it. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. Um, I mean, I could have gone the hell, the hell. Yeah, route. I was thinking demons, yeah. but you were thinking uh, like release dates. Yeah, like uh, maybe Trombone Champ did get promotion, and we we all just it wasn't on our radar. But I want to uh, say it may have been in the big pile of games from the last Planorama, mm-hmm. but I think I skipped over it because I was like, that can't possibly be something of note. Uh, of note, nice. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so Trombone Champ is fifteen dollars, also on PC, and it's got a very simple concept, which is what if you took a note and then with your mouse were to bend it up and down to try and play a rhythm game, but then somebody was like, "That's what if you were playing a trombone also, and that was the mechanic for the whole thing. So you're basically a trombone player trying to play all these songs uh, as a rhythm game. There's a line, a vertical line on the left side of your screen, a mm-hmm. note lane basically coming in. You are moving the mouse up and down to change pitch and clicking to or pushing a key to 
blow into the trombone. So yes, got a lot of. And you're playing to any one of many uh, completely public domain songs. Mm-hmm. Or originals. Or a few originals. A lot of royalty-free material in there. Yeah. Yeah. The Entertainer, Uh, I can tell you, The Entertainer is a six-star difficulty. (laughs) Old Grey Mare is a lot harder than you think it is. So it's fun. It's goofy. I think the thing that is... It's uh, really funny. Like, the first first couple songs you play, you will probably laugh out loud because, like, it's fast enough that it's very hard to play well. And there's no difficulty modes, really. Yeah, and so you were just going to be bending notes all over the place in in a very discordant way that turned out to be very funny. I mean, as somebody who has kids that are learning instruments, like, I have a French horn in my house. It just sounds like a kid trying to play a song. Oh, I am am a junior high trombonist. I can tell you from (laughs) first-hand experience. So the the thing that shocked me, though, is how tight the package is. Like, this is, it's, it's looks like, it looks like an orphaned Wii U game. Yeah. It looks like a, it's got a very... Like an eShop game, but yes. Yeah, it's got a, it looks like something that should have been in Japan or that even, was on the eShop. I would even you know? go as far back as like PS2. It's definitely got a really clean, colorful mm-hmm. menu style to it that is almost like... I don't know. I didn't play a ton of like Guitar Man or Guitar Freaks, but it maybe feels like it probably... Yeah, like big play. solid colors yeah. and and chunky, and it's like it's tight. It's it's uh, it's also just snappy. It, like the the whole thing kind of snaps. Your character kind of looks like a me, also. And there that is that yes, the character yes. is like a legally actionable <laughs> me clone. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing about when you're playing, as I said, there's this kind of uh, vertical bar on the left side, which shows your your pitch as you move the mouse. The trombonist will move up and down also vertically uh, as you kind of go up and down the thing. So you get a lot of like jerky motions as the trombone is going. Your character's on screen the entire time, very large. There's also this meta layer going on. I mean, the game opens up with this almost Elden Ring Souls-ish opening. It's of, a very uh, funny intro. It's the game. The, the writing is pretty funny from what I've seen. Yeah, the, and there's other stuff in the game if you click around and find behind the corners kind of weird stuff going on in the game that makes me curious about how to unlock it's, more of it it is to my mind kind of the ideal of a gag game in that it has one very funny gag that also is pretty tight to play so like the joke doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting and there's enough goofy shit around the margins to keep you interested beyond just the memes of people making horrible trombone noises and short clips there are, are collectible cards that you get uh, by um, uh, playing well uh, mm-hmm. or, or playing, and you can you can kind of get those, and there's some weird stuff in there as well. I don't know. The whole thing is kind of a neat package. $15 seemed like a lot when I first booted it up, but maybe there is more in there. There There's a number of songs. I don't know, 20 maybe? I, I, I'm looking count. forward to seeing what the mod scene for this game is. How much Sky is going to be modded into this video game? Wow. I just... So I became aware of this game last night from a write-up that I can't... I wish I... It might have been Ars Technica, the post. I wish I could remember who wrote it up. First of all, that PC Gamer thing go It might have been PC Gamer, actually. First of all, that PC Gamer um, write-up implied that there is definitely a lot of weird shit buried in there the deeper you get in. Okay. Like story-ish type stuff. Also, the other thing I was going to say is I just typed trombone champ into Twitter search and like, wow, people are going nuts for this game. <laughs> yeah. The world needs to laugh again. And the trombone it's, is objectively the funniest instrument. It's it is. It's a very <laughs> funny, amusing, enjoyable game. It has the I, word bone right in there. 
Uh, there's That's a lot of poop funny. stuff in it too. A lot yes. of tooting, a lot of poop, a lot of turd. The uh, I bet we see in the not too distant future actual trombone players play some I, of these songs with the backing. Are they up already? I, I literally just happening? came. Well, not exactly. I literally just came across somebody who is now working on making a trombone controller for this. Oh my gosh, I can see it. I can do it. Uh, trombone champ. It's interesting. It's hot right now. But it, I think it's it's, it's more so than the hot. meme. I think it's it's like a I don't know if it's worth fifteen dollars. Like I think you could maybe could watch some play of some gameplay of it and kind of get some of the same enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. But it, I can tell. Yes, there are quite a few clips on Twitter you can click on. Yes, they are <laughs> permeating. But like I showed my kids, it was like when I was playing it, I wanted to show my wife. I didn't get a chance to show her yet because I think it's one of those things. Like oh, you should come check this out. I think she would just be like, please turn that off. This is hurting my ears. Stop. Stop doing that. Uh, trombone champ available now. I no controller support, right? Like I only play with the mouse. Mm, I didn't even try. Uh, okay, I didn't I try could, either. I can check real fast. Uh, it would be a fun. That's a fun one. Also, that if it came to consoles, well, yeah, apparently the developer of this game is called Holy Wow, which even that is yes. kind of funny. Mm. Um, no controller support. Okay, okay. I don't think uh, it needs. I don't know how playable <laughs> that would be with a controller. I was going to turn my wrist a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. You need some sensitivity settings on there. You know, maybe you could do it with the analog trigger. Maybe that's a better way to do mm. it than the the analog stick. All right, uh, that's Trombone Champ, Metal Hell Singer. There we go. Out. Uh, Metal Hell Singer, a game Alex you checked out during one of those demoathons. I think it was uh, on two. It was on both the Xbox One and the Steam One. Uh, it is a rhythm doomish game. You're really, you're underselling it. It's just straight up like, hey, do you like shooting demons? Do you like the heavy metal marginalia of, uh-huh. of Doom? Well, check it out. What if we made the heavy metal part of the actual action? Yeah. yeah. That's just what it is. It, it, I, let's say mixed with a bit of like, what would you call the narrator? Like the McCree. <laughs> That's okay. what I would call the narrator is the well, guy who voices like- <laughs> whatever they call that guy now, but it's the guy who voiced McCree from Overwatch. Is it actually that person? I don't know, but it is. Okay. So, it sounds so much like him that that guy should sue if it's not him. <laughs> it's Sam Elliott ish, you know. It's uh, you know, but well, like video game Sam Elliott, so like Sam at least thirty yeah. years younger and underpaid. Uh, it tells the tale of the unknown, which is a demon who has lost her voice in the or stolen from her in the pits of hell. Yeah, she is locked away. She is now on a, uh, a rampage to go uh, take down the capital D devil. The, what are the judgment? The, the, the judge, or, the judge. Yeah. Um, and it gets a skull, which is this uh, disembodied voice narrator. Yes. Uh, and that's kind of your weapon. And, and it's got this, um, you know, it's got this mechanic, this rhythm game mechanic where if you attack, in rhythm with the game whether on the beat or in rhythm i i, I don't it, know it has to be pretty much on the beat okay um then you kind of start accumulating bonuses you get extra damage you yeah. get a, a multiplier up you uh um power up uh special moves and and so on and so forth yeah you get a new gun as each stage unlocks and then uh as like as you are playing and as you're building combo, the song is also building stems <laughs> yes. on top of that. So by the time you get to the max combo, which is 16, the vocals ki- you tend to kick in. I think you can get can you get knocking higher than 16? I thought there was 24, but not but not more. Maybe you're just better it. than I am because I don't think I've gotten above 16, my friend. 
I thought I saw like a, a reward for getting there. I didn't get Maybe there. Maybe you have to unlock uh, that. I don't know. I find I use the the skull is basically one of the weapons, which is the skull just shoots out a very quick projectile. It's a good for do, building combo quick. Yes. You could do it on every downbeat or yeah. every beat, I should say. So you can be like bop, 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 bop. So I wind up just hammering that thing a mm-hmm. lot. The shotgun is a little tougher because but I did there's find- a reload a part of the rhythm. Basically, you have to yes. do it at half time because the uh, the other beat is occupied by the yes, which is kind of cool. Like once yes. I realize that, like you go and you, yes. know, you get into a rhythm with that. It, it's kind of neat. The sword I find the hardest. Uh, I don't like the- using the sword other than for the like run in and get your glory kill and your health. Yes, but, like that, right. I, I don't use that. There's also a click in the stick glory kill, which when you, again, time all this stuff well, punctuates well in the song. Yes. Like, it just when works When you well. time it well, which when is, <laughs> I am having a weirdly hard time staying on beat with this, despite the fact that uh, that's my job, uh, you, to stay on beat with things. I had to go through the calibration about five times before I got it. I just turned it off. I just turned the calibration you off did. and I feel like I'm having a slightly better time. So like I'm not running through this through anything crazy. Like it's just Xbox to TV and TV speakers. Like I don't have like a bunch of other like weird latency adding things to this. And I feel like when I do it with the calibration tool, it adds like over 100 milliseconds on everything, which feels high. So so was mine was mine was mine was doing that and and so I, I but it was it was I did like I literally ran through it about five times. I wound up about thirty milliseconds on yeah. audio and visual, and that seems to be very good. That seems to be right for me. Yeah. So like if th- things feel right, I'm hitting things correctly, and it feels wrong when I miss it. Yeah, calibration tools are tough. I it, I yes. can speak from firsthand, firsthand experience, but also it just feels like this one isn't nailing it for the setup that I have. And I'm not again. I'm just playing on Xbox. Like it's not yeah. even like a PC lag kind of thing. It, if you want to, you can dial them in. If you want to try, I can read you mine because we have the same TV or similar enough TV. Yeah. I, I have, I've got a surround sound system mine goes through, so that could be different on the audio delay. Well, this is the TV but, I have in my office, which is not the big OLED, but uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Like I said, thir- around 30 for me, but I had to fiddle with it too. Like yeah. the cal- You're right. The calibration stuff, they, they do the thing where you tap the button on the beat, but then they do a thing where you're supposed to tap the button on a blink, and I yes. feel like I always mess that one up. So the problem for me with these kinds of games always in calibration tools is that because I play an instrument that requires timing, I always predict Anticipate. the hit. Okay. So I'm yeah. always like I am hitting when it blinks, but sometimes I'm also hitting a little before it blinks because I'm anticipating it. Yeah. And so it's like I literally can't use the rock band calibration tool because I just it never feels quite right. So I kind of just have to nudge it my and figure out like what it feel what feels right. You know, it's one of those things where maybe if enough people play this game, you might be able to look up the um, the best for your TV on a Reddit yeah. for- thread or something. And that's but that's a, honestly that's my only major criticism because yeah. like when it does lock in, it's very fun. It's very fast paced. The sh- game is not long. Um, I think I'm already like halfway done with it. I think <laughs> it, it's like eight stages, not counting the tutorial. Uh, and it does get harder, obviously, as it goes along. But like. You, if you're playing on the normal difficulty, you get a couple of resurrections. You lose your score in that stage up to that point, but mm-hmm. uh, you can just keep going and not have to hit a checkpoint. Uh, but like the hardest difficulty just takes that away entirely. Like you lose if you uh, if you die even once. It's it's thirty bucks. It's on Game Pass as well. Yes. If you're subscribed to Game Pass, I think it's neat. I think it's. Uh, I think 
it is neat if you have the calibration dialed in. Before I hit the point after five calibrations, it's frustrating if if you if you feel like you should be hitting it. I mean, I was tapping my foot along with the music to try and get those things because it'll just also, lock you out of yeah, stuff. I also find that trigger buttons are sometimes hard to calibrate with because there is like mm. a little bit of an extra pull in on those okay. versus something you're just tapping. You know what I mean? You got to shorten the throw with your elite. Yeah, I, I am not using an elite <laughs> controller on this. Uh, that is Metal Hell Singer. It is available now on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Winner of Gamescom's most anticipated Xbox game. Oh, okay. So, you know, yeah. heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Uh, $30. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it so far. Also, a game with more uh, polish and narrative trappings than I was expecting. I, I think, was, like, polish-wise, like, it's really solid. Like, yeah, I haven't seen AI as aggressive in the way that those games are kind of supposed to be, and, like, the mechanics feel like, other than the calibration, it feels like it works really well. Yeah. It's one of those things where you wish you could just do, like, the microphone it, like hook up an external mic and self calibrate or something like uh, oh I think like rock the little band flashing band. light thing they built into those guitars for rock band yeah. at some point yeah yeah uh, okay uh, I want to talk here quickly about Jack Move which uh, is a fun little RPG that I, I booted up that's available on the PC but it just came out to consoles uh, yesterday at the time of this recording uh, PS4 Switch and Xbox One twenty dollars it's fun it's it's a um, you know RPG with uh, um, cyberpunk trappings on it it's got a great pixel uh, art style it looks fantastic uh the i'm not super duper deep in it yet it's um you know it's fairly light on the writing in terms of uh tone you mm-hmm. know it's not it's like a little goofy uh, it's not dark and serious but i haven't gotten far enough in to know if the story goes that way so far the mechanics seem fun it's um trying to use shorthand here for describing it it's a lot of execute programs from your deck style um or um combat in right. turn-based combat it's got an action row so you can see who's going to go next in the turn order and then you're doing um like hey execute this program it's going to cost you so many data points or you could just do hits and stuff like that it's punch deck you you guys get it i get it it's it's neat. It looks fantastic, though. It's uh, my, my main comment about it is that it has a grid on the floor in the battle scenes, just like Fantasy Star. Mm-hmm. And the grid moves. It recedes into space. It's uh, it's nice. It's uh, it's called Jack Move. Again, it just came to consoles uh, yesterday, but has been out for a little bit, a couple of weeks here on PC and Mac, if you're so inclined. Twenty dollars. Finally, I'm gonna say, fellas, think I think fellas. Fellas, I'm going to say by the time we meet next week, I will be done with Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Heard I will it, heard have it before. Uh-huh. I, okay. I will have completed the main story in Elden Ring. I have bore uh, witness to where Vinny is and seen what Chad had to say about it. And he, mm-hmm. th- at the time we were streaming that thing, they said, oh, yeah, you got about 10 hours left. I think, I think they overestimated. Okay. I think some of the I think you also went I, to that area apparently a lot later than other people did because that boss you just absolutely cleaved through in like two tries. Uh, that was had uh, a pain. That they described <laughs> that one as a pain in the booty. I had seen that name. Uh, it's the Godskin duo. Yeah. I had seen that name pop up a lot in 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 chat. Uh, and in in looking, so I've done a lot of side stuff in this game. I'm trying to get the platinum in this game. Uh, I only have two more things I need to do to get the platinum in this game that aren't ending related. Mm-hmm. So the e- endings 
there's a bunch of ending trophies, but there's two bosses I need to fight, one optional, one for realsies that I need to do at this point in my playthrough. And then that's it. And then I, uh, I'm going to try and become the Elden Lord. And uh, I think, for me, a platinum in that game is probably enough. I don't know if I'll go into New Game Plus after that. So if I can if I can get the platinum, that will feel... How will I know I'm satisfied? When I get the platinum yeah, in, okay. in that. And then I think I'm going to put Elden Ring down for a bit. But, man, great game. Here's my updated take. Great game. I think it slows down a lot uh in the later game okay i think there's a lot more wonder and i think the level design and open world is a lot better in the first two-thirds of the game Uh, now that i feel like i'm nearing the end i feel like i've seen all the zones at this point i think in the last third not as impressive still very good just not as impressive that's as as kind of been my experience with most of their games i feel like Mm. like maybe bloodborne accepted maybe bloodborne that's why bloodborne is the one that i finished on my own Okay. Like all three of the Dark Souls games I got deep in and was like, hell yeah, for like 30 hours. And then at some point I hit a point where I was just like, oh, this feels like it's kind of plotting a little bit now. There's an area called the um, Atlas Plateau. And I feel like when I hit there, things started to slow down a bit in terms of what the kind of level design, the environmental art and everything. And like it just. I feel like it took a step down a little bit and never, never ratcheted back up to where it had been before that. But that could also be, you know, probably hit that area 80 hours in. So it could also be some fatigue with the, with the game. That being said, I think this, I still think Elden Ring is fantastic. It's a, I mean, you're still playing it. That's, you know, that's kind of still playing it about 120 hours in now. Um, looking to wrap things up. Maybe I, you know, I'll say this lightly, but it probably is one of the best for me op- realized open worlds that I uh, we have had a lot of open world games, and this is probably one of my favorites. You can say it. And, and enjoying the running around in this game. Uh, all right, that is Return to Monkey Island. That is Hyper Demon and Trombone Champ. That is Metal Hellsinger, Jack Move, and Elden Ring. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into the news. Buckle up, folks. Get jumping. Here we go. Be right back. And we are back, and it is time for the news now. News. Yes. (laughs) What could have happened this week? Well. Just another week in video game news. So there's there's planned news like you went to that Nvidia thing very planned thank you again for going six a.m. that's a that's a big ask but then there's unplanned news and this kind of sucks in a way well there's, there's so unplanned there's, news and then there's this yes so the, I mean this, this is Grand Theft Auto um six leak stuff that uh, you probably have heard about if you're listening to this podcast maybe maybe you haven't um uh, take two in particular Rockstar got hacked is that officially what they're saying yeah there was some kind of network breach like what was the statement that rockstar put out uh i I had it in front of me and now i don't i think i think they described it as like a network intrusion or something okay yeah Yeah. those lines unauthorized third party um so yeah they got inside and got out with a bunch of grand theft auto 6 stuff how much i don't even know how much footage total it was 90 videos but i don't know the minute count 
Yeah, I mean, I think most of them are pretty short clips. It's all development footage, you know. It's all just right. like test footage that was recorded for various like debug purposes or whatever. Like it was but probably this, recorded by the te- like the QA department as oh, they were debugging yeah. stuff. Yeah, this person definitely did not like get in there and play the game or anything. But, so, uh, uh, I mean, it, they had other stuff in there, right? The uh, there's like a test build they say they have. There's like source oh, code. Yeah, talking about source code as well. Yeah, I'm burying the lead here, which is like bad enough for the videos to get out. Like, first of all, this sure does confirm Jason Trier's reporting about what this game is. Oh yeah, because that sure does look like a like a man and woman protagonist team in in a Miami esque Vice City esque setting. Like that's exactly what he said it was. Oh, that's yeah. Florida through and through. Um. But but yes, also this person claims to have stolen some or all of the source code for both yeah, six which, and five. five is and what five, they said, which, yeah, like GTA which is online. a big deal because five yes. is the ongoing concern that keeps GTA Online running. Yes, for sure. So that could lead to all kinds of compromises there. I mean, this is like almost certainly the biggest breach since the Half Life Two source code theft, right? Like, I can't think of anything else. I mean, there have been big ones since then, but I not maybe not at this scale. I guess, I guess that it's yet to be seen if he's actually serious, he or she yeah. or whoever this is. Like, that's yeah, part whoever of this, this chucklehead also, is that apparently wants to negotiate for all this stuff. Well, yeah, as of the time of this recording, yeah, that's, what, that's, that's the, part of what makes this so murky is that this was like what three days after the Uber hack. When did that happen? I think that was Thursday. It nights. wasn't even. I don't even think it was three days. I think it was like one or two. Um, I want to say it was like Thursday to Sunday, roughly something like that. Anyway, this person at some point was claiming to be the same person who pulled the Uber hack. Who knows if that's true or not? Probably not, but you never know. Um, at one point they said, yeah, they wanted to like strike a deal with rockstar to give the code back. There was all kinds of weird shit going around Sunday morning when this broke about like supposedly somebody ponied up a hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin to buy the source code to someone who was not actually even the, the hacker. Like, all kinds of weird shit, a lot of which is probably not true, flying around all over the place. So, so the, um, I mean, just to confirm here, Rockstar said this is true. I mean, or not, not they about said the, that they were breached and that their like yeah. materials were and, stolen. And the footage has pretty much been confirmed that this is actual dev footage. It would be yeah. very hard to fake something at this scale. Uh, and again, whether or not the other stuff like a test build and source code is out there, there was also a take two um, support got hacked as well. Uh, I don't know if it was related or not, but uh, take two not having not a having great a good time uh, with with their infra- network infrastructure to yeah. say the least. Um, this sucks. I mean, this is uh, obviously it, it sucks on a lot of levels, security wise. It sucks. You know, this is a pro- Rockstar notoriously keeps things close to the vest oh in terms God. of development. <laughs> they I think are, people, like people don't understand. Yeah, there is like, nobody who is more obsessive about. Yeah, just keeping stuff under under wraps until they, not only until they're ready, but until like like until they can do it exactly the way they want to. Yes, yeah, like the way they reveal their games is as as rehearsed and manicured as I have ever seen in my life. And and um, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have participated more in this, more um, let's say curated with people kind of guiding you through the experience right everything i heard about anybody going to play a rockstar game early was you sit in a room with somebody from rockstar oh yes they have kinda, yeah kind of go through yes it. they have they have rehearsed the demo they are giving you they have rehearsed over and over and over until they can replicate it exactly with their eyes closed 
And in recent years, they've also really kept these announcements until like somewhere in the nine month to release range. Like they they don't do long wind ups for this stuff. Yeah, I want to say I think we went to see GTA five before it had been announced like six months before it came out. It was pretty close. Yeah. So, you know, despite. The, my feelings on whether where Rockstar is internally, what's going on with their development teams, uh, you know, they've had problems in the past kind of trying to uh, build a better reputation internally in terms of development. If it is de- their choice to push material out like this, that's their choice. You yeah. know, like that is how they want to do it. So it sucks for them knowing how much this probably stings to have this early footage out there. Uh, not to mention it is illegal. Well, yeah, and look, the thing is, like, no one's going to justify this hack. It's not justifiable in any way, shape, or form. I don't care how bad you want to see Grand Theft Auto 6. Like, this isn't, you know, whatever you want to say about, like, how secretive and how close to the vest they keep their shit, like, there's just nothing here that makes this, like, in any way, like, a thing to celebrate whatsoever. But but the some of the response out there, I guess my point being some of the response out there being like, oh, this is what the game looks like is like, man, that is every developer's probably worst nightmare of seeing an early build of something. This is this is what we talk, have talked about previously about stuff like E3 and showing early builds publicly. It's very hard to make that first impression again. Oh, yeah. So uh, you guys have seen a lot of early builds. You kind of understand how things work in terms of, oh, you know, that's. Video games are always a shambles until a they're mess. not. Until yes. they're suddenly not. And I looked at some of this footage, and to me it's amazing because I like seeing the development parts of it. Yeah. I like seeing all the text on the screen. I like seeing like what what is happening under the hood. But to me, it looks like an early development game, a game that is and not even that early. Like it feels like they have stuff in place there that even a lot of very early builds would definitely not have. And like I can understand people like looking at this and be like, "Oh, you know, they're not changing the art enough." It's like, well, yeah, it's a Grand Theft Auto game. Like they're making a Grand Theft Auto game, and it looks like a Grand Theft Auto game. I'm sure they will do art passes and stuff, but like even what's there looks pretty much like I would expect a new Grand Theft Auto game to look like. Uh, but also we have no idea what pass they're on yeah you know, like they, they, they have I, what this game ask. is at least a couple of years away yeah, i mean that was another conflicting piece of information some the word going around was like oh this is a build from 2019 or oh no it's from last year but like it's definitely not well a it's it's probably not current to what state the game is in now and b even if it was that's not reflective of the final no. release in any way no yeah and the thing that this really te- has the potential to fuck up is not just you know like Rockstar's precious secrecy like this is a thing that causes you know employers to clamp down with security measures Mm -hmm. that like eliminates you know potential freedoms that workers have like in work from home situations and being able to take materials with them to do their work point and you know I again I I don't think they've said anything specific about what's going to happen here but like it, it doesn't read as like a good situation for anyone even if this is a completely external hack and no one there was involved the people there are still going to end up in a worse situation because of it. Yeah. And well, I will just, I'm just going to shout out the developers that have been out there this week, like showing oh, early yeah. builds of their games that have already come out and being like, yeah, you want to see what this game looked like 18 months before it came out? Check out this bullshit. <laughs> and you know what? That is a, 
that is a thing I can totally support. Like, just demystify this stuff. Show the armchair developers out there that, like, you don't know a goddamn thing about how these processes work. There is no single way this is supposed to go. Have, have there actually been a lot of people out there, though, going, like, oh, my God, this looks like shit? Like, Well, yeah, but it's people on the Internet, so you can never actually tell exactly how many of them there yeah. are. Yeah, that's so hard to tell. Part of the thing is, like, is that actually just, like, one or two people that got retweeted a bunch? I don't know. I saw comments. Uh, okay, we should also say, like, hey, there's a there is a amazing pace to the whack-a-mole going on out there. That mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, don't repost those down. videos if you don't want to get a nasty email from someone. Um, but I, in the stuff I saw with comment threads, uh, th- those comments were real. I, yeah. mean, I saw, I saw people saying stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you're probably uh, right. I guess I, I just like, I want to believe that like as a, as an audience or community, like people are savvier than that at this point, but no, there, there was one, do- listen, I take all internet comments with a, you know, with an entire shaker of salt. I don't even know what to say. Like, don't even disregard, but I did see one that was like, Oh, all like I'm not getting this game anymore. It was like based off of what? Based off of what? What would it have taken for you to get this game? Then what, well, did, what you did you think, think was going to happen? Auto is going to be those, those people. One thousand percent are still going to get the game. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no. What they're going to uh, do is they're going to pirate it, which is what they always were going to do, no matter what. I, I I didn't look at a ton of the footage, but like honestly, what I've seen kind of makes me more interested in the game. I want to see like I, again. Uh, this is I'm, I know there's a lot of people that share this, but like behind the scenes stuff in movies, this stuff to me is also just very interesting on what it takes to what's going on under the hood of a game. Like tr- turning all that stuff on in the game would be awesome. I like seeing that stuff of all the calculations that have to go when somebody walks mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this many when items. You are interacting these, with an NPC. Like, look at all shooting. these vector lines that are happening. Like, the yeah. things that are the collisions that should be happening. That's really interesting because it shows how much work has to go into what looks like a very polished Red Dead 2 world. Yeah. And underneath that, it's all just computations. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing that, like, and, you know, Brad and I both had the same kind of general vibe of Red Dead 2, where it was just like we were kind of gobsmacked by how well they hid the machinery of that mm-hmm. thing, you know, like, like as, a, as a living, breathing, open world, it felt like just such a, a step above, like, the kind of natural quality that a lot of other open world games tend to have. And, I mean, if they're applying that to to this, you know, that's great. But also being able to see what those gears look like unhidden is really fascinating. I wish it had not come in this context whatsoever, but, yeah. you know, nonetheless, it's out there. It's a bummer. I'm, uh, um, it sucks. It's a bummer. And I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, yeah. um, you know, I don't think that guy's going to get to negotiate with t- take two. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think no. that's happening. No. And you're, and you're totally right that the people that are really going to get the screws taken to them are probably the employees. There's probably going to be some, some other things. Also, anybody who wanted to know more about GTA six, I could almost guarantee that rockstar is not going to put out anything for a very long time. You have just made this take longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the GTA 6 leak stuff. Hopefully, I, I, and I think, Brad, you brought it up initially. You know, who knows what else was in, if there's a build out there, what compromises might have been, what hooks might have been for the online that have to be taken care of now. I, yeah, I know, yeah. Dude, source, source code leak is infinitely worse than some early videos getting out yeah, because definitely. like that has actual security implications for being able to exploit the game down the line or whatever. 
Yeah, and you, and you know you don't know what's in there. Maybe there's um, online account uh, hook information or keys that are in there in the in the code. So, I mean, they have Rockstar has its own login and account system, so hopefully none of that escalates in, in any weird way. Uh, I've had to change enough passwords in the last month mm-hmm. of other things that have been hacked. Let's move on to um, a bleary-eyed Brad Shoemaker. Ooh. Uh, now is the time to organize, collate all those files in your head. What is going on with NVIDIA? Um, they announced new video cards. They are faster and they cost more. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Fantastic. <laughs> that was five uh, hours well spent. Uh, um, what, um, what, to you, what are some of the standouts of this next gosh, um, iteration here? I still need to go back and look over all that stuff. Like they're... They put out. They they said they're putting those presentations on the on the press site, and I definitely need to go review those because there was a lot of information to take in. Um, I it, it seems like ray tracing performance is a major area of like increased performance. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like, well, that's yes. the thing. Like, think, Everyone's all on the, the ray tracing now. The little the little bit of the the performance stuff that I absorbed and can remember right now. Like it seems like the traditional raster performance is faster, but not like un- unbelievably so. But mm-hmm. ray tracing performance and like I don't I don't need to get into the numerous optimizations they've added to the pipeline, but ray tracing seems like it's going to be dramatically like two to three x faster. You uh, know, it wasn't the sound of things. I feel like it what we were there, but it wasn't fully baked. You know, like a you had to make the sacrifices to put ray tracing on. And I, w- I would love if if we didn't have to make the frame rate and performance sacrifices to get the ray tracing. Yeah, so I don't need to get too deep into it. I I also sat through these sessions for the 30 series cards a couple years ago, and what I remember of that was like, here's how we are accelerating the basic math that needs to happen to make ray tracing work. And then this time was another layer on top of that of like, here are optimizations from like the traditional raster pipeline that we are bringing over and applying to, um, to the ray tracing model. So... It definitely is just an iterative process of the stuff is is getting more and more smoothed out over time. Um, it's three cards. It's two forty eighties, which is an extremely questionable choice from a branding standpoint because it's not like one of them is a forty eighty Ti. They're both just forty eighties, but one of them has more memory. Mm-hmm. There are actually more differences in that. The GPUs are actually different, but the point is, like on the box, that's not necessarily clear. Anyway, it's two four forty eighties and a forty ninety for now. It is nine hundred, twelve hundred, and sixteen hundred dollars. It's expensive. Um, it's a lot, and definitely some people have been looking at the split forty eighty thing, going like, "Was this actually a forty seventy and a forty eighty? And you just don't want to call it a forty eighty because it's nine hundred bucks? I don't know, or or maybe is it more like the upper forty eighty should have been a forty eighty Ti? It's a little confusing from a consumer standpoint. Um, they were out there with a bunch of performance metrics, though, basically saying that, like, on a lot of different metrics, the lower end 4080 is still faster than a 3090 Ti. Okay. Which is which is or was a $2,000 card. I mean, prices on the 30 series have been all over the place. Right, because those are the, the ones that kind of got wrapped up in the crypto boom for a the, long time since, there. Since, yeah, the crypto crash happened, and prices and stock have been, like, completely wild for those cards for the last couple months. Um, anyway, point is like, you know, theoretically a $900 card is mostly faster than this, the previous flagship. So sure. Uh, (laughs) we'll see. So nobody's done independent benchmarks is what I'm saying. Right. This is just what was in the marketing slides. So like 
I think people, some, some people have hardware, other people will be getting it soon. So there'll be actual performance numbers out there soon. Did they talk about the, um, AV one encoders? The yes, dual? there was a whole okay. session. So that was actually like, I mean, it was all very interesting, but there was one session that was super interesting. That was kind of like, here is what the hardware means for content creation. Yeah. And I didn't, I should have gotten in there and asked this question. Uh, so this is the first hardware to ship with an AV one encoder. The, the, their encoding engine, the 30 series got AV one decoding, but this is the first hardware encoding solution. And they were all like, this will allow you like Twitch only allows partners eight megabits per second bit rate cap. Like this will allow you to stream better video at the same bit rate. And I really wish I had asked like, is AV one ingest support coming to Twitch? Cause we can't, mm. that's the necessary piece. Like t- Twitch has to support it. I, I assume the answer is probably yes. I assume like, Hey, there's been no hardware on the market that could reasonably encode this, this codec. So now that there is hopefully Twitch and YouTube are going to start supporting it. Cause like dude, H two six four is so tired. <laughs> There is um, AV1, I think AV1 is coming to Discord was the thing I saw for video calls. So that is, so I, so I would say, I would assume like everybody's going to probably pick it up at some point. Yeah, I it's think, just, it's just been a matter of support and hardware getting out there for it. Um, That's great. I mean, faster encoding, faster streaming, like lower latency, lower overhead. Yeah. That, and like, it, the video game stuff is great. This stuff. Um, also tickles me uh, in terms of hardware. Yeah, it's, it seems like the codec stuff has stagnated, not because of technology, but because of royalty structure and legality. Mm. But everybody's rallying around AV1 because it's the only royalty-free next-gen codec. <laughs> anyway, and AV1 is primarily targeted at streaming, right? Like that's what it's designed um, for. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if I would. I can't. I, I I can't say for sure. Okay. Like. I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's really kind of the only application these days now that like disc formats are basically dead. Like I don't expect to see a successor to UHD on disc. So I think at some yeah, point just, they'll try, but it's going to be years and just, I don't think it's ever going to pick up just, just by default, I guess. But it, I don't know if you mean like streaming from Netflix or streaming to Twitch. I guess no, I mean like as far as like your primary application of it, like is it people like will be using AV1 stuff primarily for live streaming and streaming stuff to various platforms. Yeah, that, that would absolutely be the ideal. But these platforms have to adopt support for it, right. which I think seems like quietly is happening on the back end. Um, I don't know how much you guys want to hear about this stuff. There's some like pretty tight integration with DaVinci Resolve. I was really surprised to see them talking about that and not Premiere. Sure. Um, I mean, a lot, I think some of that stuff is, so the, the encoders are not just AV1 encoders. They're the NVENC, NVENC, yeah, NVENC, 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 NVENC. Yeah. Like it's had, it's had support for some of the other next gen codecs for a while, but, but again, AV1 so, is the one everybody's picking up because they don't have to pay royalty fees on it. Right. Right. But I just mean, they're not exclusive to this generation. No, it's no, not no, just no. like, Oh, these encoders. So like, yeah, stuff like resolve and everybody get a boost with the dual encoders in there. In well, terms so the, of performance. The big, the big thing with resolve they were talking about was all the AI driven enhancement oh. to editing stuff. It's like, like keying stuff, like rotoscoping stuff, like basically AI, basically preventing you from having to like hand keyframe stuff. Gotcha. I mean, Premiere is not really Premiere is for, you know, lining up your footage. Right. Right. And, more yeah. nonlinear. It's not, it's not stuff. effects. Yeah, it's not yeah. as effects and compositing heavy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, maybe that's more of an after effects thing. I don't know, but like, but this was, this was very much just like, Hey, instead of having to like frame by frame, mm-hmm. cut things out, you can just, the AI can very quickly like oh, learn, that's learn how to highlight and track from, from frame to frame. Like, there you know, just, I, I used to laugh at that stuff in Photoshop when they would introduce those features and be like, nobody's going to use those. And 
they've gotten really good. Like the the it's gotten very good to the point where you can you can cut stuff out in Photoshop very quickly with some assisted tools, almost more than I could with a pen tool. It's, or it's kind of frightening, actually. Like there was yeah. a clip of them like taking live footage of a, like a DJ at a concert and just like adding something to his blank T-shirt, like a logo, and it tracked, and it just tracked, and like maybe okay. maybe they hid some of the rendering time or whatever, or or something but it seemed pretty seamless that yeah i buy it yeah that's um, that stuff's super cool like they're getting into they're getting into like real-time animation like like you can like go into go into 3d scenes and just like animate by like pulling things around and it's all just sort of physically simulated as opposed to like having to know how to animate traditionally it's it's pretty wild stuff um, uh I, I, like i'm not enough in that compositing and special effects world but uh i mean and these cards, so there's you're talking about the forty eighties and what's the workstation card? Is that the forty ninety? Yeah. Okay. Uh what is the other what's the other thing that uh, I keep hearing? Is it the DLSS? Oh uh, DLSS three, yes. That's okay. um so like DLSS is their is their AI driven image reconstruction technique that makes frame rates faster at lower resolutions. So I don't know. This seems like it might have implications that people are going to need to test, but now they're not only upscaling existing frames that are rendered by the game engine, they are now going to be able to construct entire intermediate frames. So insert entirely AI built frames in the middle of the real frames to up frame rates. Wait, like interpolation, like yeah. just basically yes. between like quote unquote keyframes of rendered frames. Basically, basically yes. Yeah. So, so they, like you could push a game at 60 to 120 through AI basically something potentially okay yeah, like I, had, i'm trying to think of the implication like they had a bunch of footage of spider-man uh the the insomniac spider-man running it i don't think they gave the resolution i assumed it was 4k or like reconstructed 4k anyway it was like doubling the frame rate it was hitting like huh. 200 200 frames a second with all the ray tracing turned up huh um that maybe they may have latency implications is the thing hmm. that is to be tested so we'll see um DLSS three is locked to these new cards, and I saw a fair amount of unrest about that. W- what yesterday. does that mean? Oh, it's only available on these new cards. Like they're not. Going oh, it's to not going to trickle down. They're to not the going to roll this new version out I to see. the previous cards. Like they made a pretty strong case that it's that the machine learning hardware on these cards is actually necessary to pull this stuff off, and that okay. it's not it's not just some arbitrary marketing decision. Um, I guess the the main other big thing to talk about with video games here is they announced a ray traced version of Portal. They sure did. <laughs> that is coming out for free in November, which is neat. It looks pretty good. And yeah, a, like I, I would play through Portal again. Uh, um, ap- apparently, it's a mod or a, an add-on for Portal. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that is actually super interesting. And they had a long demo for this thing. They are putting out a free tool called RTX Remix, which like sounds on its face like, oh, that's just going to be some like shitty filter you apply to whatever. Like, it, no, it is very in depth. It's like shockingly. Uh, capable from what I saw. Um, so this is NVIDIA's tool. It's an NVIDIA tool. It's targeted okay. at, so it only works with games that are DirectX 8 or 9. Okay. So that's like a fairly limited window from like what, the first decade of the century or something like that? Like right, Portal's right in the middle of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without getting into the details, like it uses a lot of the same tech that like, for example, like Proton uses in Linux where you're essentially like intercepting graphics calls from the old game hmm. and like you know, mapping them to new APIs or whatever. So yeah, yeah. like Morrowind is the example they used. Like Morrowind is a 32 bit game. You know, it's, it's on very old graphics APIs by modern standards. And they basically are able to like 
you know they're they're translating the the you know the CPU architecture the the graphics API stuff like everything like intercepting and wrapping that stuff and in the middle of that you can get into the scene and dude it's a lot it's it's a lot to keep track of but like they have AI based upscaling for textures also AI based like material prediction where basically like huh. the AI can look at textures because with ray tracing you need to define the physical properties of right. a surface Is this glossy or yeah or so that yeah. light knows how to interact with it and like they and I'm sure this is going to require a lot of cleanup on the back end but like AI can basically look at like oh that's a rug that looks like a rug so it's probably like very huh. matte and is going to like and it's going to have this dappled texture and it's going to absorb this much light oh that looks like stained glass we can probably assume that light should you know what oh, i mean wow. like it's that yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. yeah um right like this is stone this is wood yeah this, like that's could, cool so they basically took a room from morrowind and you can literally just fly around in the scene once you've and also it, it exports to usd which is like the standard format for 3d model and scene data that's mm. like industry standard at this point oh um, so you can change it or clean it yeah, up so, and, so and, okay you basically get in there and like literally just like fly around in the scene in morrowind like tweaking surfaces adding lights like the coolest part of that demo was there were these like paper globe lanterns on the ceiling of this room that were like blue mm-hmm. and because you know they fake lighting in video games generally like nothing actually works like it should right it's all just sort of a construct to achieve an effect once they once the light inside that globe became like a real ray traced light the globe itself was totally opaque so no light got out. Like basically there was no light on that light source anymore because the, mm. the thing that was supposed to be this thin paper. So they basically right. just like fly up to this light and like convert the, you know, just the, the generic mesh into like, okay, now this has the properties of like thin blue paper. And then like, just like magic. Like now there's this like cool blue diffuse glow uh-huh. on this lantern because they're basically flying around this like artifice and making it quote unquote real. I mean, it's still not real, but you know what I mean? Like, you're yeah, yeah. Kind of flying around and physically defining properties in this old ass video game. And like, I, it, it looked like a ton of work. So they did portal with this tool, the portal that's coming out in November, but it was a professional studio that did it with the tool. And I'm sure some other work on the back end. So like, it seems like it's going to take a ton of work on the part of modders, but this is going to potentially open up like a huge new like graphics modding scene for old games from like 15, yeah. 20 years ago. It expands the possibility space yeah. in significant ways, even if it is going to be incredibly time consuming to actually do all that stuff. Yeah. And, and like they, they basically said, these will just be mods that you can download just like your, you know, everything on Nexus mods and stuff today. Like it's just a thing you'll download and run next to your game. So portal portal's a great one because there aren't that many textures and there aren't th- there's not that much or at least this is portal one right yes it's just portal one yeah yeah so there's just not that much going on in terms of uh, differences in materials like the, you know there's like you know I don't want to undersell it but it's just it's intentional so with the mod stuff you're saying a, a retail copy of a game can be run through this tool and you can you can navigate in the yes. in this space the thing that was not clear to me because again they put a lot of work into this very self-contained like literally one room of morrowind like an, uh-huh. an interior so like the thing that was not super clear to me is like how much how much will the work they're doing in that room map globally across the rest of the game like yeah. they did say they did say if there are common assets like oh this candle that you edit like that candle can show up across the entire game with those edits right Okay. But it did still seem like you might have to cover large swaths of the game manually. 
And for a game like Portal that's like very small and self-contained, that totally makes sense for something the size of Morrowind. I don't know. I mean, a whole team could do it, but I wonder if you have to have mod tools built into your game engine already to allow for. I mean, more no, had no, mods, it's, that's like part of the crazy part of this. You literally so you run can just the game. Go in? You literally run the game and like get to the area you want to, like pull into this editor and then like activate the detection stuff, and it like, you know, it detects it all the code that's being run, all the API calls that are being sent, Whoa. and like looks at all the assets in the scene and all this stuff, and then it like lets you import all that stuff. Oh wow! That, that into, is, the, that's, into the tool. That's the promise, anyway. They they. Oh, that seems weird. They, they showed a, like kind of an edited process of this taking okay. place. Huh. Um, I think the beta for this launches in the next month or two, so like people will get their hands on it pretty soon. And you said it's it's more direct X based than engine based. It just it could. Um, well, it that, that like defines Unity the compatibility. Or, it's like direct X eight or and nine Unreal. games are the ones that can be used with this. But it's not just like Unreal games only. It's, it's no, just making no. the DirectX Potentially, calls weird. Actually, somebody asked him a question. Somebody was like, hey, you know, there were some like like 2D games that used DX9 back in the day. Like what would happen if you pulled that into this tool? And the head engineer who was answering the question was like, you know what? I never have not thought about that oh, until this weird. moment. I'm actually really interested to see what will happen if you can find a, a 2D game that was using DirectX9 at the time. And pull That's it in wild. here and see what happens. They have one of those. I saw some like uh, before and after stuff for the Portal RTX, and it looks great. It, it's yeah, got yeah, it's yeah. got a very you know it's one of those games that's simplistic enough with its lighting that it's got one of those Minecraft RTX uh, things mm-hmm. that happen. That's like yeah. oh my gosh, just just it, it just pops alive. Yeah, when they when they started that RTX remix segment, like Will and I both said to each other, like this basically sounds too good to be true. But they made a pretty good case for it actually working, and it uses again a lot of the same tech that you're seeing. Like it uses. DXVK, which is like a DirectX to Vulkan layer that is that is used in Proton on the Steam Deck already. Like this type of tech has been out there for a while now, and like they they seem to back up the claims they were making. And it seems like with the appropriate amount of work, you could really do some cool stuff with some old like like I'm thinking like you know Mass Effect One potentially stuff like from that era. Like you could do some really wild stuff potentially. So the interesting footnote I saw about the portal stuff is that portal with RTX is according to the steam page compatible with all ray tracing capable GPUs, yeah. which means I guess it's not just the NVIDIA cards. It's yes. It's an, anybody that can. So it's, even though it's RTX is a brand for RTX, is just a brand. It's just an NVIDIA okay. brand. Like very early on, there were a couple of games that were kind of hand built for, for that stuff. But like the, okay. the standard like DXR and like standard, generalized art ray tracing libraries are out there now okay and this is not just in the 4000 series no this 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 will run on like the, the portal so that that portal rtx or let's see <laughs> i try not to use rtx when i just mean yeah, R- yeah. ray tracing because ray tracing, again, it's just right. branding but uh that yeah the portal ray tracing mod is a free download if you own portal and it'll run on any card that supports ray tracing neat that stuff is I know, you know, we've all been around the block with new generations of video cards and the promise. And they always, you know, I feel like you get there the next generation with last generation's promise. So if you were, if you thought RTX looked cool last generation, now maybe it'll look cool. And the stuff that's promised this generation, next generation will probably be playable, but that stuff's exciting and it's fun. You know, we're in an iterative phase now with a lot of things, but that iterative phase is still the stuff I think is super cool. AI lighting. It's not just raw graphics horsepower. It's the things in the margins that are getting significant bumps that are, are neat. And the price point, which is not so neat. I mean, these are expensive 
piece of hardware and the power consumption, which is also, um, did they say if it's, if there is going to be necessary to use that PCIe? Yeah. It's using, it's using the PCIe five power connector, which I didn't even know existed until I saw it in the presentation. Um, but, uh, the 4090 is a 450 watt card, which is bananas, but they, <laughs> it's, so it's a lot, man. They did say they've been working on, um, I didn't understand. I didn't pretend to understand the electrical component of this, but, um, the 30 series cards had pretty bad problems with power usage spiking well b- above like the baseline. Okay. And so when they announced this thing was 450 Watts, they're like, Holy shit, this thing's going to spike up to like 550, 600. Like that's, so they, they, they claim they have more or less taken care of that problem. That, Still, that the the power consumption should not go necessarily too high above what it's rated at. It was not that long ago we were all buying 200 to 350 watt power supplies for our PC to run everything, you know. And then, you know, I don't think I would put under 750 or 800 now in a a PC. What was what was the one you just got? I just bought a a thousand watt, a thousand thinking like, oh, that's plenty of headroom, and now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean. Do do they support? This is not related to their presentation, but do do they support um, dual cards anymore? As a oh, as no, a okay, that's is that age done? Pretty pretty much done. Yeah. Okay. I think there was a way to do it with the thirty ninety only, if I'm not mistaken. But it's like it's something you absolutely would not do unless you're just like you know working in like high end asset generation or machine learning stuff or whatever. I mean, I don't even think you could fit those in a, in a modern PC yeah, you, case anyway. Yeah, you'd need, you'd you have to custom build something pretty specialized storage. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I saw is I guess it's not using the PCIe five bus. They're, no, they're, it's PCIe four. Like some, somebody okay. asked in the presentation, like well, this, I noticed this is not PCIe five. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're not even close to saturating PCIe four. So it's fine. Okay. I mean, so, for if I have a semi-modern PC, I should be able to just drop this in with a power adapter. Yes. Uh, yeah, there would be a power adapter in the box for that okay. for that new cable. Um, um, just like the the thirty eighty had a different adapter in the box. Also, the uh, thirty eighty not leaving the product line. They like went out of their way to point out, and like, of course they did because there are a lot of those sitting cards. on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made an awful there, lot of them. There are definitely still a lot of those sitting around. Um, but those are six ninety nine, so that does fit into this pricing tier. Man. that you could still, I think this might be the first time they've really actively kept one of the cards from the previous gen around. In my mind, a video card, a, a 70, a 60 or a 70, let's say is around three ninety nine. Are yes. those days forever gone? Yes. Okay. Yes. Probably. So, so there was a, there was a Q and a with Jensen Huang where he flat out said Moore's law is dead. Like, Okay. Like the, the wafers are way more expensive than the, like the, the 12 inch wafer is more expensive today than it was yesterday. Right. Like the, the, the days of performance doubling in 18 months for the same price or the same performance having its price in 18 months are just like long gone. And that's not just a supply chain issue or a, a current last two years issue. That's just, some of it is manufacturing costs. Some of it is just like the physical limits of mm. what we're asking these materials to do. Hey, that's so expensive. Um, I mean, some of this stuff. This this is my take, not not Nvidia's. I'm sure some of this stuff, um, while it's great on paper, just doesn't see adoption because the developers also have to take advantage of this. Yeah, it's it's expensive. But these some of their tools sound like they're getting easier to use. But you know, 
a lot of t- like you know what was it tress effects yeah <laughs> like, i mean yeah that's that's just kind of the way of things if you go back like 20 things, years yeah. you know like the the little grove with the fairies demo that they put out for the first g-force oh, that takes years back. Ago. it's like yeah that's kind of always been how it is you know it's like oh the, yeah. the tech demos of one generation will be the games of the next right. or maybe the one after that you know what i mean and the and the consoles of maybe a generation and right. a half right so, so. like we should, we should be getting PC games soon that look like the, let's say, 20 or 30 series tech demos. Right. Uh, yes. And then the next generation of Xbox and PlayStations will probably have this technology baked into it uh, because they're probably specking those consoles out now and talking to partners for these things. There was some this is I'll just ask you if you heard anything about this, because I, when I was looking into the NVIDIA announcement stuff, I saw some rumor going around that confirmed nintendo's next chip with nvidia did you see any of that like uh some some anonymous source uh, confirmed a chip for the next switch or whatever the next console is uh coming out of some of this stuff i didn't see that that specific thing but like i I think people have been pretty you know like the current switch is on a pretty old model of nvidia tegra and like i think a lot of people have been looking at the ampere based tegra okay maybe that's just kind of looking at the roadmap and saying like okay in terms of economies of scale and stuff the way Nintendo rolls, this is probably the most likely candidate for the basis of the next Switch. Or whatever their console is, if it's a Switch or yeah. Switch uh, adjacent. Interesting. All this stuff is interesting. AMD also, uh, <laughs> not to be outdone, announcing they'll have their stuff in November. Was, uh, something to say in November. Just like naked counter-programming. Like the yeah. same day as the NVIDIA stream <laughs> reveal. They're just like, hey, we'll have our DNA 3 in November. Yeah. Hey, listen, competition is great in the marketplace. It, it I, is like, I'm, I don't get me wrong. Like I am very stoked that both on the CPU and GPU front, there's a lot of competition again. Like the way they are going about it though, is a little bit of a bummer because that is why you are suddenly worrying that your new thousand watt power supply is not enough because mm. the number one way they com- have been competing is just throwing more electricity at the problem. There is a degree of an arms race element uh, to it. Yes. I mean, that's just like the fastest way I, mm. I you know, because like design wise, these decisions get made years in advance, right? But at, at some point, these cards need to be outside of the PC. Like they are, they are starting to take up more and more room and start to use more and more power. They should just be standalone. Yeah, no, uh, no NVMe connector on this graphics card, which a lot of people expected. The NVMe. Lot, oh, oh, lot, really? A lot, a lot of like, people like as of the last cards. I remember sitting in those last sessions and coming out of that with people going like. They're straight up going to have you install an SSD on your graphics card and install your games to that storage on your graphics card, aren't they? And that huh. definitely so still can access that directly. Definitely yeah. could still happen. Yeah. So it doesn't have to move data over the bus. It's just got it right there. Yeah. I mean, but, like literally these cards are getting so huge now. You would almost expect a GP or a CPU slot on the card. And let's just get rid of the main board and we'll just plug everything into the card. Like yes. they're, they're so massive. That was absolutely the joke coming out of that last yeah. generation was just like, just make a motherboard where the GPU is this, like the CPU is going to be an add on to the graphics card. Seriously. Like I, it's, it's, it's bananas. Um, and the cooling needed and you know, the, the power needed and the slots needed for these things are, are uh, wild. All right. Well, thank you, Brad, again yeah. for, for sitting through all that, um, Nvidia stuff and getting up at six in the morning to, um, uh, put on your, teraflops i love teraflop shirt um anybody say teraflops or is that is that two generations Um, ago i think that was mentioned at some point okay good good now i'm happy uh all right well what nvidia chip will i need for this new 
to to make PSVR the next PlayStation VR compatible with Moss. Mm, I don't think. Can, that, I, I, don't can think. I brute force my way through that? Well, Moss, you're fine because the developers have said they're updating the game. <laughs> Two. I actually, I don't know if they said anything about Book One, but I'm pretty sure mm. the Moss developer actually did say they would put out a patch for Book Two to make it work on PlayStation VR Two because PlayStation VR One games will not run on that headset. That's a bummer. They have confirmed. Hmm. It's a bummer. Yeah, like, it is a bummer. My knee-jerk response to this was like, oh, they could have worked something out, right, at the SDK level to translate all the blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know. I guess when you look, you look at how different these headsets are, like, we talked about this on the TechPod Sun this week, and Will made a strong case that this is the right way to go. Even though from a preservationist standpoint, it sucks to have somebody say, hey, your old games don't work on the new thing anymore. Well, not only do your old okay, I'm I don't know enough about it and the architecture to know that. I mean, that's the official line too, is right. It's like PSVR two is a different. It's yeah, a different experience. This, this yeah. came out of a, a PlayStation podcast. I forget it might just be the official PlayStation podcast, but the way it was worded was incredibly like marketing hmm. polished. Of like PlayStation VR two offers an unprecedented experience. Blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. not a lot of technical information given as to why, but like. You know, they use very different tracking methods. The controllers are very different. Like, it, doing it all programmatically probably would have been a giant mess. So they're leaving it to the publishers and developers. Like, would have taken a lot of work anyway, so they're basically just saying, like, hey, if you want to update your game, more so, power to you. So I think I think the thing for me is, like, sure, okay, I get it. The The, the bigger problem is, and not that I'm going back and playing a ton of this stuff, it's mostly because the kids play it, the support for the original PlayStation VR is just not there on a PS5. Like they, no. you know, from adapters to plug it in to not using the camera, the new camera to still having to have that breakout box, you know, and, and push that in. I think the breakout box did get an update to support HDR though. Right. So I think that is, I think one of the versions of it does support HDR. I can't remember. I think, I think it does. Might be right. Um, it just, it just makes it so, they really do not want you plugging that thing into your PS5 ever. And let's just move on. And if you want to play these games, you might as well have your PS4 out there uh, still hooked up to a TV somewhere. Yeah. So um, I hope I hope the best games get a patch yes. so that I, I can use it. I mean, I don't know how many of those games are still active. Like Beat Saber is probably the most obvious one. Like, of course, that'll get updated because like they sell DLC for it and it's very popular. But Disaster's Playroom get an update? I doubt it. Ugh, I highly see, doubt that's, it. That would be a shame. Yeah. Like... That's the Astro stuff. My kids still play that stuff and having to hook up the whole thing for that. It's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things I was looking forward to with PSVR two, if I wind up getting it, cause who knows what, what's going to happen with price point and all that other stuff is just the single cable. It's, you know, it, just being able to plug it in a little easier than having to do a whole rewire for the other stuff. But you know, like I said, I don't know how, I don't know how to make games. The truest thing out there. I don't know how to make it. Um, there was something else out there too about them saying that the um, <laughs> some funny quote that's not really newsworthy, but uh, somebody said like indies are going to take on the brunt of the experimental parts of PlayStation VR. That's just kind of where things fall from Sony. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of how it always falls. Mm-hmm. And there's like, let someone else do it. Well, it's like two or three big things: the Horizon stuff. Um, something else that's like big studio vr but yeah that's where that space is the most bubbling and and and, and kind of coming up is in that indie space 
Brad, what's this last piece of uh, PS5 rumor news? Uh, noted leaker Tom Henderson says there will be a new revision of the PS5 next year that is going to remove the disk drive, and they are just going to sell an external disk drive like it's a goddamn HD DVD drive for the 360. Oh, God. Is, is what is being claimed here. So again, this is a rumored piece. After reading this, and I tried to read it a couple of times to see, nothing in this rumor or the reporting on this rumor says that you would be able to plug this into a driveless PlayStation. Am I correct in, in you reading mean, you mean the, the previous one? Yeah, the current, the, the old you mean one. the current disc-free one? Mm-hmm. I don't. Did they address that? I'm not sure. I, I, I didn't see it in this, and I was kept waiting. I kept looking out for it to be like, well, if you bought the discless one in this probably, rumor again, I, rumor. I mean, it would probably, I guess it would behoove Sony to make that possible from a business standpoint for people who want that. All it says, all the wording says is the detachable disk drive will be connected to the PlayStation 5 using an extra USB-C port on the back of the console. Yeah. So I wonder I if there's a different bus, though, that, for that USB-C port. It is, it is possible. I, don't, I really don't know for sure. Um but the gist of this, and again, this is Tom Henderson, like he's got a decent track record of leaking legitimate information because otherwise we wouldn't necessarily be talking about it. Also, he has launched a whole site around that concept, mm-hmm. by the way, called Insider Gaming, which is this was like their big marquee scoop when they launched. Um, and like the idea would be to unify the PS5 product line, that there will only be one PS5 to buy now and it'll be this, this one. disc free thing and then you can just buy this disk drive as well if you want oh so the you you might be able to buy this product with like a plastic shell or something that is oh, i don't, I don't think it of it. Like it no i think it would sit on a shelf separately oh when it says it's detachable, a straight up external drive oh it's not detachable it's, yeah it it's, says detachable but i don't i didn't get the sense that it was like going to plug into the console like it doesn't sound modular that way yeah okay i feel like detachable is maybe not the right the wrong word yeah external is maybe a better word here okay um, okay because yeah detachable I, I thought meant you could like unplug it but that seems like an engineering feet as well to be yeah. like why would why would you do that also the engineering and design of that console is already so just weird that i'm not sure like add frankensteining more things onto it would really benefit it oh i hope if this is like if this is a move toward a ps5 slim like i'm dying to see them take a second crack at the industrial design of that thing because it is mm. like damn near the ugliest console in history what if they make it worse like that, that would be fascinating i will take either direction whether it gets um, better or worse, I want to see it because, man, yeah. the thing is just huge and gangly and bulbous and like weirdly <laughs> proportioned. I just, I don't know, man. Um, it is, I'm sure this makes sense. It's like a weird move for Sony, but I mean, in terms of seeming like a thing they would not normally do, but yeah, I'm sure, um, you know, I'm sure this helps them streamline manufacturing and distribution and basically everything. That feels like what this is about more than anything else, considering yeah. how hard a time they've had keeping those things, you know, in supply chains. Yes, just having one model to produce and distribute and price and everything, I'm sure, makes things easier. And then here's this add-on if you want it. Also, we're going to charge you another $100 on top of what we already were, because fuck it. Inflation. Right, if we get, we, right, right. What What is the current state of the um, Blu-ray support on the PS5? I mean, in what context? Like, it still is it, is has it the it. late? 
Is it the latest, greatest, like Ultra U8? Well, yeah, no, all the drives that are in current PS5s and uh, all the ones, all the, yes, all PS5s that have drives are are UHD capable. UHD, okay. And and that is the latest. That's the the 4K. That's that's 4K. Okay. Okay. Series X as well. And then, okay, so I wonder if this thing, if it comes out again, rumored, winds up being a thing that people figure out how to attach to other media devices aside from the PS5 or if Sony spends their time trying to lock this thing down. It's possible. Handshake mode. Disk drives are so niche these days, though. Yeah. Most yeah, people just know. don't care. I care. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I, I care. I care because I'm a weirdo, but like yeah. increasingly, increasingly I am being made to feel like, <laughs> like you are a fucking weirdo if you still care about physical media. No, is, listen, is, they're is the wrong, general, Brad. I, I agree with you. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> fully with you on that, but I don't feel let like, them bully you. I feel like I feel like people look at you a little more strangely every year when you say that you still have discs or keep a an iTunes library or anything. I'm with you uh, until I go to stream the show I just rented or purchased, and then the bitrate drops down to. Uh, you know giant macro blocks and i'm like man yeah or I should just watch this on a blu-ray yeah for sure or you know like this discovery hbo max mess is like the perfect perfect example right like they are purging a ton of old content from hbo yeah that you just aren't going to be able to watch at all anymore stuff that just never was on physical because it was made for right. hbo max right yeah never be able to watch it the bad the bad part of the digital future is here yeah Somebody's archiving it all. Somebody, somebody's got it. Somebody's got oh, no. The yeah, look, you want to go online. You want to find this stuff. It's out there. Someone's no, doing that work. But I'm mean, just saying, the, if you want a legal means to do so, they are taking those away from you. Somebody, somebody is ripping all this streaming-only programming. The problem is that they're only archiving it at the streaming bit rate. The shitty... The shit rate. <laughs> the shit rate. Nice. <laughs> the, the, the Netflix or whoever is surfing in the first place. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's all there is. The, the glorious high bitrate version never even made it to market. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a bummer. But, but the AI will upscale it. It'll be yeah, fine. Maybe. Eventually. It'll fix all the gaps. All right. Uh, I think that's it for the news. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I want to thank everybody for joining us on today's show. We talked about Return to Monkey Island, Hyper Demon, Trombone Champ, Metal's, Metal Hellsinger, Jack Move, and a little bit of Elden Ring. And then we talked in the news there about some NVIDIA GTA leaks and some PlayStation news. If you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. Uh, you can go find a tier that is right for you. A lot of fun stuff going on in Tearsville. Uh, what is the name of that? Breath of the Wild? Tears of the Kingdom? Yes, uh, correct. You can find it. There was some article I was reading when I was looking through news being like, Nintendo confirms it's Tears of the Kingdom, not Tears of the Kingdom. Did, did anybody think it was Tears of the Kingdom? Someone probably did. I guess. I don't know. Like, Tears of the Kingdom. I, mean, I guess I could. I don't know. I could say. It. Anyway, you could find a tier. Patron T-I-E-R. Uh-huh, thank you. That is uh, right for you. Some of those tiers uh, get you the video ramble cast. They'll get you the watch cast early. They'll get you a never been a better podcast, which we're going to go try and record uh, tomorrow. Full house we're going to try and see if everybody oh, We'll see how that it. goes. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that podcast, uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Dan uh, Bacalar and Abby and Austin in it. 
Uh, so we'll see how that one goes. I thought it would be fun if everybody could be on it and the scheduling seemed to work out so far. Fingers crossed. Uh, what's up with the Watchcast? What is on the uh, patron side of things this week, Alex? The patron side of things this week is our final Star Trek episode until November. Uh, this is uh, the original pilot episode, The Cage, and the two-parter, The Menagerie, which uses a lot of The Cage in it. Mm. Uh, and if you're over on the free feed, you can go listen to Predator right now, featuring Dan Reichert. And again, uh, you can get the free RSS feed on any service out there that gets you this podcast and everything else that just has its own rss free feed you can go catch that and that is the Watchcast where we talk about the movie and after the show we've or the show yeah it's not com it's it. not live commentary it's after the fact commentary bunch of different tiers over there on the patreon one tier in particular the mysterious benefactor tier gets their names read on this here this very show this one right here and i'm gonna read those off Right now, so a big thank you to all our mysterious benefactors, including Farm RPG, John Richardson, Bornak, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Buddy Crimes doesn't think code injection is a feature. Hmm. Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are our Mysterious Benefactors for this week. want to thank you to the Mysterious Benefactors, and thanks to everyone who has supported us, whether it be on Patreon, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, good vibes out there, merchandise. The Hyperdemon leaderboard. Hyperdemon mm -hmm. leaderboards. The Discord, helping me out in Elden Ring and throwing good game recommendations my way. A bunch of stuff happening over there. Feel free to reach out and send me whatever you got on there. Uh, if uh, there's games that slip through the cracks, how would I have known about things like Trombone Jam? <laughs> All these games keep dropping. Uh, thanks, everybody in the community. And the mods, of course. That's going to do it for this week's show. Don't forget, we've got a bunch of other stuff up now, and we have some stuff going on later on in the week, including Gabriel Knight, who, as we continue with Abby Russell, we have uh, tomorrow, we are streaming Star Trek 25th Anniversary. Yes. It's an adventure game end of the week. On Monday, this Monday, what do we do this Monday? Oh my gosh, it feels like ages ago. We like played Elden Ring. Elden Ring! Yes, if you wanted to see that late game Elden Ring full of spoilers and uh, 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 real blessed by the Elden Gods run through some of those areas, you can check out some Elden Ring streaming uh, along with the uh, Ramblecast, Watchcast, and uh, we'll have a patron uh, Q&A this week yes, as well. Booked. We're fully booked. Alright, thank you Brad. Thank you Alex. See you guys soon. Yeah. Bye.